Guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open them up to Matthew uh, chapter 2. We've been walking through Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2 this Advent season, and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to, we're going to read the remainder of, uh, of chapter 2 this morning, and I, I, I kind of fear some of you are going to be thinking about those, uh, the lyrics to that old country song by Johnny Lee. You remember that song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places? Um, we're going to read this text, and you're going to go, I, I don't see the love in this text, but I, I want you to know it is there. It is there. And so um, do this with me if you don't mind. Would you join me in a, a word of prayer? And then we will jump into Matthew chapter 2 together. Um, let's pray. Father, um, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, we want to see your glory uh, in this place. And, and for that to happen, um, we need you by the power of your Holy Spirit, to come and teach us from the inside out. So Holy Spirit, we want to pause and recognize that you are the teacher of this church. We pray that you would come now in a special manifestation and that you would exalt Jesus Christ in our midst, that we might see him more clearly than we ever have before and that we might want him more than we ever have before. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, I, I want to start off with a little bit of a confession, and uh, here, here's the confession. I don't think I would make a very good treasure hunter. Uh, I, I don't, and, and, and that's, that's shocking because my, my newfound passion is to watch shows about treasure hunting, and so like my favorite show that I, I, I don't have many shows I record, I record the Texans when they play on Sunday, and I can't, I can't be there to watch kickoff, but uh, I, I record this show called The Curse of Oak Island uh, that my beautiful bride thinks is the dumbest program on the face of the planet, uh, and, uh, and, and so, but, but I watch it, I'm like, they're going to find this treasure, it's going to happen, uh, it's gonna, they're going to they're gonna dig to the bottom, and, they're, and, they're, and so I watch this thing every week. Uh, the problem is, in my own life, this is why I, I know I wouldn't make a very good treasure hunter, is uh, I, I like things to be right there before me. For, for instance, on the rare occasion that I cook, and I do occasionally a cook, um, typically the way it works is Hope says, hey, uh, there's a meal in the fridge, and here's the recipe, and, and you just put it together, it'll be super easy, and so she'll text me the recipe, and then the phone calls begin, and I'm like, hey babe, uh, where is the cumin? And, and she's like, well, it's, it's in the cabinet with the spices, like we're in the same cabinet. And then in, in alphabetical order, supposedly, okay, <laughs> supposedly. And, and then, and then it's, and where, do we have any garlic? Where is that? And, uh, and so after, after several phone calls, and listen, it's not that um, th- those items aren't there, okay? The items are usually there, and they're usually somewhat close to where they're supposed to be. The problem is when, when you have a house of six people, a lot of times they're, they're kind of where they're supposed to be, but it takes a little closer observation to find it. And, and this morning, as we jump into Matthew chapter 2, what I want you to know is that love is all over this passage, but it might just take a little more careful observation than we think to see it. And so uh, let's read the Word of God together this morning, and let's talk about um, this gift of love that we have in Jesus Christ. And so um, we're going to back up a little bit to where we were uh, last week, and, uh, and then we're going to jump in. So I'm going to start in verse thir- 13, and then we're going to read all the way down um, to the end of the chapter. School. Watch out now. I got a handheld. You're in trouble. 
Um, thanks, brother. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> All right, so guys, we're in Matthew chapter 2, and uh, this is what the word of the Lord says, starting in verse 13. It says, "Um, After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, and he took his child and and, uh, his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt, and he stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt, I called my son. It says, then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, he flew into a rage and he gave orders to massacre all of the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under in keeping with the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping in a great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. Verse 19, it said, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, because those who intended to kill the child are dead. So he got up and he took the child and his mother and he entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and he settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. And uh, two, two things I want to share with you this morning. That's it. I'm going to let you go. Uh, about this thing called love. And the first thing I want you to see in our text, guys, is that God, according to this text, it's there. I know you've got to look for it, but I want you to understand that God deeply loves his son. All right? That God deeply loves his son. And, and in the midst of all the chaos and all the tragedy that's caused by King Herod, we see the loving, protected, uh, protective hand of the father. And it begins all the way back in chapter 1. Right, so, so in chapter 1, the angel of the Lord shows up to Joseph, and he's like, Hey, Joseph, listen, I know how you feel. I know what you're thinking, but don't leave Mary. I want you to stay right where you are. Right? I want you to stay present in the life of my son Jesus. And, and, and so it kind of begins there, that loving, protective hand of God, because he wants the presence of an earthly father. And guys, listen, I'm not here to just preach on parenting, but, but dads, can I just say to you, uh, like, I think we should probably take a note, right? That, that God, uh, the Father, wants there to be a, a presence of, of a male father in the life of Jesus. And he's like, Joseph, listen, I, I know you could, but I want you to be there. Your presence is important. And man, I just say that to you because, listen, we live in a world that tells us that, that we kind of need to do whatever makes us happy. And uh, in, in church, sometimes we even hear sermons about marriage and we kind of, like, it's all supposed to be good and, and those kind of things. And listen, man, in this world, I'm just going here to here to tell you, like, life ain't that easy. Right? And, and so when you have two sinful people that come together and they say, I do, till death does us part, like, like it's not always going to be good. And it's not always, you're not always going to be happy. And there's going to be some days that you wake up and you're going to look across the room and you're going to think, man, man, man I, this isn't very enjoyable right now. There's going to be some times when, when, when something happens and your intimacy is broken. There's going to be some times that, that you lack some sleep. There's going to be some times that, that maybe your health isn't right or their health isn't right or your mental state isn't right. Uh, there, there's going to be all 
all kinds of things that come against you. And man, it is real easy in those moments to think, man, I should check out. This could be easier somewhere else. But how powerful is it that the loving, protecting hand of God with his very own son begins with him speaking to Joseph and saying, I want you to be present in the life of Jesus. And men, I just say this to you. Listen, the world is going to pull it to you. It's going to say uh, your happiness is what's most important. The enemy's going to be in your ear uh, trying to tempt you. Uh, listen, uh, what's more important than your happiness is you being present. That's what's important. And so we kind of start there. We see this, this loving, protective hand of God. But he doesn't just protect him by being present, right? Then, then the angel of the Lord uh, kind of sets this pattern. He starts showing up. He's like, okay, now Joseph, so, so flee to Egypt. And, and so he flees to Egypt because Herod's going to kill uh, all of the babies to and under. And then a time comes and he's going to show up again to Joseph. The angel of the Lord's going to be like, okay, Joseph, now it's time to, to go home. And then they go home and, and the angel of the Lord shows up again and says, hey, you've got to watch out for the son of Herod. And so they end up moving to Nazareth. And, and we see this pattern of protection in the life of Jesus. And guys, that's one of the, that's one of the symbols of love, right? Is if we love our kids, we protect them. And that's, that's the first way that we see the love of God in, in the life of Jesus. But it's not the only way. We don't just see the love of God in the life of Jesus and the way that God protects him. We also see it in, in the way that uh, God is proud of his son. Right? And his pride, uh, for Jesus. So Jesus, uh, is gonna grow up, and, uh, and, and he, he's gonna, he's gonna be zealous about the things of God, and, and the day is gonna come when it's time for his public ministry to begin. And so Jesus is gonna launch that by going down to the Jordan River, where his cousin John is baptizing folks. And, and now listen, this is a baptism of repentance. This is for the repentance of sins. That's what this baptism is. And Jesus shows up, and he has never committed a sin. He has no sin to repent of. And so I want you to see this is probably the most humbling act that one can submit to. And there is Jesus submitting to baptism, not because he needs to repent of anything, but because he humbly wants to set an example for all those that will follow. That's for you and for me. And God, looking down from heaven, seeing his son willingness to empty himself. God, looking down from heaven, seeing the humility of his son. God, looking down from heaven, seeing the heart of his son speaks. And this is what God says. It says, when all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son and with you, I am well pleased. You know what God's saying? I am proud of you, son. Again, this isn't a sermon on parenting, but parents, we could take a note here that it's probably pretty important that we tell our kids we're proud of them and not just for their accomplishments on a field or on a court or in a classroom, but more importantly, for those moments of character we see in them when they're willing to be humble, when they're willing to serve other people, when they're willing to act with integrity, which I don't know about you guys, I feel like our world could, could use a lot more of, right? And so we, we, see, we see this loving hand of God in the way that he protects his son. We see it in the way that he's, he, his pride that wells up for his son. But we also see it in the fact that he shares the same passion as his son. And, and, and so the last week of Jesus' life, we call that Passion Week. Uh, and, and Jesus is, is kind of overwhelmed. He's, now listen, he's fully set his face on the cross. He knows what's coming. He's focused on the cross. He, he's focused on, on, on dying for our sake, for our sin. He's preparing his disciples for his death. And 
and, and kind of along the way, he is, he's being bombarded. He's being bombarded with the weight and the pressure of it all. He's been bombarded with temptation from the devil who's trying to get him to choose an easier way. He's trying to say, like, listen, you don't have to do this. There's an easier way out. I mean, you can, you can, you can skip all this, forget those people. And Jesus, in the midst of all those pressures, this is, this is what he says, right? He says, now, now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour? This is what he cries. But that is why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name, Jesus. Says. He's passionate about the will of God. And you know what God says in this very moment? He speaks from heaven again, and this is what God says. Then a voice comes from heaven and says, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. God says, son, I see your passion, and I share your passion. Oh, God loves Jesus. God loves his son. And again, not, not parenting, but parents, boy, we could, we could take a note just from how God loves his son. Men, sometimes it's hard. You have a, a child and, and you, you played football and you won't see them get out there on that field and hit somebody in the teeth. And they're like, Dad, look, I got a trombone. I want to play in the marching band. I, I, listen. Listen, no, this is what I'm saying. Like, like, hey, I, I, you know, I saw something the other day, and they were posting. Uh, we we're just talking about money, right? They, they're they're posting how much people made, and so they showed the highest paid athlete, and then they showed what what the highest paid bands made this year on tour, and the bands killed the athletes, killed them. That's not the point, though. The point is. That as parents, like, man, we, we could be passionate. One sign of love is the way we're passionate about the things that our kids do. And so, man, you, you, your kid says, hey, listen, I, I want to I wanna do something you didn't do. Or I, I want to get involved in here. Or, man, I really care about math. Be like, all right, I guess I'm going to go learn some math. So I can, we're going to figure this out, right? And so, listen, when we're going to start in this text, the very first thing we see, guys, and well, I want you to know this Christmas is that God loves Jesus. God loved his son, and we see that in, in, in the way that he protected him. We see that in the way that he was proud of him. We see that in his passion for him. So we, we see that God loved Jesus. But the second thing I want you to see, and this is really what Christmas is all about, is ready? That God deeply loves you and me too, right? God deeply loves his son, Jesus, but he, but he also deeply loves you and me. And, and by the way, I, I wrote that out that way on purpose because when you write down God deeply loves you and you go home, it's really easy to read that as, as that's somebody else. Well, see, it says God deeply loves you. That, that's, I'm, that's to somebody else. That's not to me. And so now you've got you and me and it's stuck there and you have to deal with that. God deeply loves you and me. And, and this is the heart of the Christmas story. Yes, God loves Jesus. He loves his son, right? We, we, we see that and again in, in, in his protection, his pride, and his passion for him. But ultimately, God sent Jesus to die for us, right? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8 says that but God proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he made him who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And, and what all of that shows us is that God deeply loves us too. In fact, listen to how Jesus describes the love of God for us. Ready? This is crazy. Uh, John seventeen twenty three. Um, 
he, he's praying, God, God, let them be one and, and let them be one so they'll, they'll know that, that I'm real and you're real and you sent me. And he says I, that, that they'll see that I am in them and that you were in me so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know that you have sent me. And if the world knows that you have sent me, get this, the world will know that you've sent me and, and that you have loved them as what? As you have loved me. And so you know what Christmas is really all about? Christmas is proof that God loves you like he loves his own son. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is proof that God loves you like he loves his own son. God loves us deeply. And Christmas is is proof of that. The cross is proof of that. And so there's really only two things we can do when we understand the love of God. Ready? Uh, the first one is we, we, we have to start here. Before we can receive it, we have to believe it. So step one, we have to believe uh, the, the love of God. Now, now listen, this is hard for some people uh, for a couple reasons. One, it's hard uh, for some because maybe like, 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 like me, it's there, but it's just not that obvious right now, right? Like it's on the shelf. You're just kind of looking in the wrong places. You're, you're like, well, I, I, I don't see the smoked paprika. I, 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 don't, I don't see the love of God. Yet, yet there the love of God is right before you, his hand protecting you, his provision for you, and, and all those things. And you're just not seeing it because you're not looking at things with spiritual eyes. So the, the, the first thing I would take, man, you have to believe that God loves you. Yeah, that's the first reason. Some of you, you don't believe because you don't see it. The second reason some of you don't believe is because all you see is yourself. And you don't believe you are worthy of love. You think, man, God, God couldn't love me. Yeah, there's no way that God can love me because of who I am, because of what I've done. Like, God doesn't love me. It's Christmas, and you're thinking, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of, of, of the cradle. I'm not worthy of the cross. There's no way that God could love someone like me. I, I saw this. Uh, I, think, I think the crunks are, are traveling, but I, Fallon posted this on. It was just a little reminder on Facebook. It was a, a picture of Passover, and it just said, remember that the angel, the Lord, didn't pass over because of the worthiness of the people in the house. He passed over because of the blood of the Lamb. Hey, God doesn't love you because of what you've done or what you haven't done. See, like in this room today, I, I, I bet if, if the Lord wanted to just lay us bare, there's some ugliness up in here this week. Amen? Anybody think an ugly thought this week about anybody? Not, I'm not making you pick who the person was. Anybody, anybody, so, so the, that, the, the wrong thought, that sin, okay. Uh, anybody like act uh, in a way that maybe wasn't the most honoring to God this week? Anybody? Just anybody. Anybody, anything that they would be um, not thrilled just throwing bare in front of all people in the room this morning, Right? And like that's every day, that's every week of our lives. And, and, and here's what I'm here to tell you is like Jesus wasn't born for the people that had their act together. The announcement wasn't, hey, behold, today in the town of David, 
a, 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 a person of good interest has been born to the smart or to the wise or to the funny or to the people that are well organized or the people that, that hide it better than everyone. Like, that's not the gospel. The gospel is today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you who is Christ the Lord because we need saving. Because we need saving, right? Avery's like, where is children's church, Pastor Jason? Where is it? So the first thing we have to do, guys, listen, it's important. The first thing we have to do is we have to believe that God loves us deeply. Okay? Believe it. It means you got to see it. It means you got to stop looking at yourself, stop looking at your past mistakes. God loves you in spite of you. That's what Christmas is about. Second thing we have to do, it's not enough to believe it. Okay? At some point, we have to receive it. We actually have to receive the love of God. Listen, God, God died. Like Jesus came and he died for you. That happened. That is done. It is historical. Okay? The gift of God has been given. But it's not yours unless you receive it. That, that's just the truth. We're about to go to Christmas. Uh, anybody have more than, I always like to know, anybody have more than five Christmases they have to go to? May the Lord bless and keep you. God bless you. Um, we're not there anymore. Uh, it's my father passed away. Things are a little different. And, and one of those things that's different, I'm like, we're, we, we only have a couple places to go. Oh, it's, it's, that's kind of nice. Uh, some of you, I, somebody told me they have eight Christmases. Eight. I thought, wow. Wow. Listen, you go to those parties, somebody's going to have a gift with your name on it, but unless you pick up that gift and you open it and you take it as yours, it's not yours, right? It may go in a gift closet, <laughs> get re-given, you might get it again next year, I don't know. But here's the truth of, of, of the Bible. God sent his son Jesus. Jesus is God. He has equal rights with God, equal standing with God, all those kind of things. He, 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 he chose for equality with God not to be something that he would grasp. So he made himself nothing, becoming a servant. And he served us by living a perfect life that we couldn't and by dying the death that we, we deserved. And the Bible says that all of that is the gift of God for us because God loves us. But friends, that gift has to be realized. At some point, you have to reach out and grab it and say, I need it. And, and, and basically what I'm saying is that Jesus came to be Savior. At some point, you have to admit that you need saving. And so this Christmas, my hope would be, more than anything else, it, it wouldn't be that you'd get every gift that you wanted or that you'd be the richest person on earth or even that you'd have a great time with your family. Those things are all nice. But ultimately, that this Christmas you would realize that God sent his son Jesus to die for your sake because you need a savior. And that is love. Okay? That is love. This morning, could you get past yourself? Could you get past your mistakes? And could you see the love that God has for you? And would you receive it today? That's our hope. Okay? Jeremy, in order of prayer, where you are, would you bow your heads? not it's Christmas play a little something <laughs> with your heads bowed I, I just uh, I'm just going to ask a couple questions as, as Jacob plays and uh, just we're going to ask the Holy Spirit um, real quick I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit just to have his way with this time Holy Spirit um, 
We don't want anyone to leave this time having encountered the truth of your word, having encountered what love really is all about, and not actually getting to experience it. So God, just in this moment, would you speak to the depths of who we are, and would you just say, you are loved. Would you just let us feel it? Would you break through our hardened hearts? Break through all of our hurt, all the crisis we've been through, all the calamities. Break through all the lies that we've believed about ourselves and about you. With just this truth, you are loved. Look at my son Jesus. He's proof, you say. Just speak to us. So here's what I'm going to ask with every head bowed and eye closed. Who here this morning, admit it, you walk through the doors and you just feel like junk? Just admit it, man. I, I just, I don't feel lovable. Just raise your hand. I don't feel lovable. I don't think there's any way God could love me. Just raise your hand for a second and you can put it back down. There's only one guy looking, so it takes me a second. Okay? Anybody else? I just, I just don't feel lovable. Okay? Now, how many of you would just admit this morning, I'm, I'm having trouble seeing the love of God. Like life is hard and the waves are, are crashing about the boat and I'm having trouble right now seeing the love of God. Anybody just having trouble seeing God's love for them? Just raise your hand. I'm just having trouble, God, seeing your love. Anyone else? Like four, five, six, seven, a few more, right? So here's what we're going to pray. This is a simple prayer for both groups of people. Okay? For those of you... And you're trying, you want to, but you're just having trouble seeing the love of God. Let's pray this prayer, okay? Just say, dear Jesus, give me the spiritual eyes to see your protection and your provision in my life. Let me see your love all around me, even though the storms rage and the winds blow and I feel like I'm being beaten and tossed about. Would you remind me that I'm yours today? Remind me that you love me today. Remind me that you have a purpose and a plan for this today. Remind me that you'll use this for good today. Remind me that I am not forsaken today. Remind me that you can multiply my hurt. You can take these ashes... And you can make them into something beautiful, God. Just remind me today. Now for those of you that just don't feel like you are lovable. I want you to see a little baby. Some of you in this room have held one in your arms one time or another. And you see that innocence and that joy. Only this time that baby's not yours. It's not a niece. It's not a nephew. That baby is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's come down from heaven. He's chosen to be born in a way that is stripped of all magnificence and glory and power. And that baby has come to be a sacrifice for you. He's come to do what you couldn't. And listen, he knew what he was getting. Mike, look at me, brother. You didn't catch God off guard. 
You didn't. Danny, look at me. God's not surprised. He's not surprised. You didn't, you didn't catch him off guard. That's, that's not how life works, right? Listen, there's not a person in this room that could take Jesus by surprise. He's not shocked at your struggle. He's not shocked at your sin. He's not shocked by your shame. He came because of it. He came to defeat it. He came to conquer it. He came because you couldn't. And He's come to die in our place. And what I'm asking you today is not to be ashamed because of His love for you. What I'm asking you today is to humbly just open your life up and say, Yes, God, I'm not worthy of this, but I receive that love today. Come into my life. Take control. Forgive me of my sins. Purify me of all unrighteousness. God, have your way with us. Change us forever. Please. Please. Because that's what Christmas is all about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.